Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America. And it is grand and glorious out there right now. I just came in from the out of doors and I was impressed by the sunshine and the melting and the... Ooh, yeah. How about we spend a couple hours on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, national news and politics. Uh, We're going to talk about sports a little bit. We're going to talk about... Eh, weather. You know, there'll be some weather involved. There always is. Uber producer Dan Peters is in studio with us here today, and he uh, will be delivering you the latest news and weather updates from the news pod here in the Palatial KSOO broadcast suite. Thanks for spending some time with us today here on your Radio at Information 1000, KSOO, out driving around, taking in a little bit of the splashy sunshine, the good times, the good weather. I like that news pod. News pod. Of course, it makes me think, am I going to take the the red pill or the blue pill? <laughs> what part of the matrix am I going to be? <laughs> the news pod. Yeah, we don't know what's going on, what happens inside the news pod, but it certainly is a uh, sealed room and... Uh, I'm not sure what Dan does in there, but it all ends up with news and weather, and that's what that's what's important. Uh, you know, maybe you're out there streamed live on Facebook.com, which I had to, I Facebook at KSO. I'm sorry, and uh, uh, I had to restart the Facebook feed. By the way, if you were out there and you were clicking on and you were hoping to see inside the studio here, see behind the scenes, had to restart that bad boy. I, I'm not sure if it has something with, to do with Zuckerberg having to testify before Congress or not, but looks like we got her up and going now. Remember, you can always listen live on KSO.com or on your KSO mobile app. Sometimes people uh, will message me and they'll say, hey, the app's not working. The app's not working. And that's usually because there's a Twins game on. We're back into twin season because this is your home for the Minnesota Twins. And uh, uh, when the Twins are on, there is no live stream because uh, Major League Baseball owns the world. Something like that. Well, and actually, Major League Baseball is not the only one who does no. things like that. Oh, no, no. Because uh, the NBA uh, does yes. similar things. We just happen to have the twins here on Information 1000, so that's why we run into that. So if you if you go there and we're not there, it's probably because the twins are on, and I'll, I'm probably... Uh, Lounging next to a pool somewhere, listening to the Twins on uh, on the radio. Well, we'll do our best to make sure that when we are here, we are broadcasting live streaming yes. on the KSOO mobile app. There you go. That's the new branded KSOO mobile app where you get one-touch streaming, news and, up, news and weather updates and all kinds of good stuff. Uh, also, Twitter. Don't forget Twitter. We're on the Twitters, at P. Lally Show. Uh, so the weekend, right? It was weird. It was a weird weekend. I, I told you last week I had to um, ride the bike leading out the Chili Cheeks 10-mile, 5-mile, and 5K. I ended up with the 10-mile race, and it was, in fact, 12 when we started. It was a, it was a Chili Cheeker. Let's, more, than, and more, than one, more than the ones up here. All the Cheeks were Chili. But it was a good turnout. We had we had a nice time. I I uh, I was appropriately bundled up on my bike, and and uh, you know the thing that's always amazing is that when you do these things is how fast some people are at running. So the guy I let out, 
the leader of this race, he, uh, he finished in under an hour. So he did 10 miles in under an hour. That's pretty good. It's pretty fast. 10 miles in under, well, yeah, you know, 10 miles an hour. Yeah. You can, you can do that. Running, well, not Oh, wait, can. wait, wait. Oh, yeah, running. <laughs> yeah, bicycling, yeah, because I was thinking you on the bicycle, 10 miles an hour on a bike. Well, yeah. It was okay for me. The only, the only so uh, it went on the bike trail mostly and up the switchbacks over there by the pen and then for a ways and then came back. And they're doing some work over there by the pen. On the uh, in other areas, but they have to lay these big chunks of stuff down so that heavy machinery can go on the bike trail and not destroy it. And it, it's kind of it, it's kind of rough on your bike. It would be fine if you weren't trying to you know stay ahead of a guy who's running ten miles an hour. But I have a couple of bags on the back of my bike that I carry stuff in. You know, I'm a bike commuter. I always have tools and extra gear and you know dry socks and such. And uh, so I we're coming back down the hill, and you know. It's going, you know, pretty fast. It's bump, bang, bonk, bang because of these things. And I hear the guy yell at me. And I think he's saying, I'm fading back. Or I'm dropping back. Something like that. Right? And I'm like, dropping back? Dude, you're you're leading this race. You ain't dropping back. And so I turn around and I, there, I just turned and <laughs> turned my head on the radio. Always good. I turn around. I look back at him. And he's not saying, I'm dropping back. He's saying, you dropped your bag. <laughs> Over those big bunk bumps, one of my bags flew off. I actually had to turn around and go get it and then try and catch back up with him. And by that time, he was already to Falls Park by the time I caught back up with him. See, now that scene in the Blazing Saddles where they say, the sheriff is near! <laughs> now you have a full <laughs> estimation of how something like that could happen. I do. I do have that. And then, uh, so that was great. And then I went for a ride on Saturday afternoon uh, downtown. And uh, we took care of some some business. And we uh, uh, spent a little time at Josiah's, which is, you know, Josiah's on a Saturday afternoon uh, down downtown there on 12th Street, the new Josiah's Cafe. Just outstanding because, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of a lazy Saturday afternoon. The sun's streaming in through the windows. And it was, you know, it was a nice day out. Then everything went to heck, as we like to say, went to heck. Sunday morning, get up, blizzard. No fun there. Blizzard? That wasn't no blizzard. That was just snow. It was was blowing, man. It was a blizzard. There was a big drift out in front of the driveway, in front of the garage. I had to just shovel. I had to shovel just a little bit just to get out. Oh, man. I I loved the crunchiness of it when that little bit of glaze came over. Oh, like, wow. That was pretty weird. So this is how I know there was a lot of snow, right? So Sunday morning, get up, and I realized... Somebody had left a soccer ball out in the backyard. It was, mm. a, it was a neon yellow soccer ball, right? And, you know, at first it was kind of pretty. I'm like, ah, it'll be a nice picture. You got this sort of white dusting around the soccer ball. And then I look at it a couple hours later, I look back out there, soccer balls, oh, about half, half deep. This morning when I, when I left, I looked out uh, outside and I see just a little bit of a kind of a little yellow glow out in the middle of the backyard. So we got about a soccer ball's worth of snow over on the southeast side. That's how I judge that. That's a lot of snow. That is a lot when you get a soccer ball worth. Soccer ball worth. Soccer ball size snow. So we survived. It's lovely out there now. Uh, We've got a great show for you today. Uh, Our guests include Dr. Thomas Otten. He is with Avera Behavioral, and he's going to be here uh, to tell us about the new Addiction Center that Avera is building uh, right out here on the southwest part of town near their campus, the Behavioral Health Heart Hospital, 
and now they've got the big uh, other hospital they're building out here with all this other kind of services. But the other thing they're going to build is an addiction center, so we'll find out about that. The common man will be in for weird friends, and uh, KSFY chief meteorologist Phil Schreck will give us all the good news on the weather. And I'll have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, the next mayor of Sioux Falls and the former mayor of Pier. What? I'll tell you all about it. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Yeah, getting a little closer to free here on the Patrick Lally Show during the P&L statement. And our friends, the Bodines, shouting it out for us. Really appreciate that. They're so good to us. So, so good to us, our friends, the Bodines. So, yeah, the mayoral election is tomorrow. Everybody's talking about it. And uh, it's pretty exciting for everybody. Um, You know, get out and vote. Uh, All elections are important, of course, when you're living in a free society. When you're self-governed, it's important. Um, and should be treated as such. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm not 100% sure myself right now. Uh, I will ask myself, what kind of city do I want to live in? And try and figure out which candidate best fits that vision. I've had the opportunity on the show to interview all the candidates. And I can honestly say, I do like them all. I like them all. Obviously, I believe some are better qualified than others. But uh, they're all earnest and sincere people. And for that, we can be thankful. It's not the case uh, everywhere. But what I want to spend a little bit of time talking about today, the remainder of the PL statement, is on trade. And I've been talking about trade a lot here because it's really important to South Dakota. And uh, your senior, or junior senator, junior senator, Mr. Mike Rounds, Senator Mike Rounds, was on uh, Face the, nah, Meet the Press. Meet the Press, he was on this weekend. And then he had his weekly column, which paralleled his comments. Uh, his weekly column, Proposed Chinese Tariffs Will Hurt Ag, which is surprisingly parallel to the. Uh, uh, Headline on my piece on KSO.com over the weekend. In fact, it's almost the same. So it's it's nice to see the senator and I on the same page here. Commonality, a commonality on public policy, which we we enjoy. A couple of uh, highlights from the senator's uh, column that moved over the weekend. He notes Every 10% drop in the soybean market represents a loss of $24 million for South Dakota soybean producers. And uh, prices have been going down just on the saber, saber battling, saber, saber, saber rattling, saber rattling that's been going on between China and the United States over tariffs. Of course, I said last week that this is not good for South Dakota if these tariffs were imposed. And uh, China seems to be able to withstand, turn in on themselves a little more easily than we can. China, as the senator notes, is one of our biggest customers with soybeans, buying more than 60% of U.S. soybean exports each year. I think something like uh, one-third of all the soybeans in South Dakota went to China. That's just soybeans. There's corn, beef, pork. Uh, I, I noticed a couple other things in here in the uh, senator's notes. He says, as the administration continues to negotiate trade deals, I encourage them to take both the short and long-term implications into consideration, which, you know, is good advice on everything. 
He continues, the best way to strengthen our negotiating position with China is to re-engage with trading partners in that region, specifically those in the Trans-Pacific Partnership, also known as the TPP. Hmm, that's familiar, isn't it? Earlier this year, I sent a letter to the president urging him to re-engage in TPP negotiations. Increasing engagement with the 11 TPP countries could greatly improve the competitiveness of U.S. businesses, including farms and ranches, increasing access to a region and market that has a population of nearly 500 million people. That's just the TPP countries. That doesn't count China. He said would be a smart move for our country. So, yeah, there's there's more, and you can probably find uh, uh, the, the uh, senator's comments in, in every weekly newspaper in South Dakota, as well as on his website and various blogs. I actually saw it first on Pat Power's South Dakota War College, Pat Powers, a uh, frequent guest on this program. And uh, also Pat Powers at dakotawarcollege.com has the video of the senator's appearance on Meet the Press, which I also watched. And that's where I, so that's where, that's my source on that stuff. But this is what I think. Okay, finally, some voice of reason here on trade. Where has this been? Uh, You know, Senator Rounds is saying, go back on the table, go back to the table on TPP. He's saying he's always been worried about retribution for the steel and aluminum tariffs. He says NAFTA is a good deal for South Dakota. No kidding. So the senator and I are in complete agreement. The difference is I've been saying these things publicly for a long time. Uh, the senator who old, holds one of the most influential positions in American society has sort of been tiptoeing around the president's incredibly flawed policies for the past year. He, yeah, he says NAFTA was good for us, but maybe we can do these things individually. He says, yeah, the TTP, TPP would have been good for us, but maybe he can do these things individually. Well, he can't do them individually and nothing's happened. To his credit, to the senator's credit, he did issue that strongly worded letter to the president. But come on. You're a U.S. senator. What have you been waiting for? That's just, that's just politics. I understand that. You've been waiting for the politics, waiting for, uh, to find out what was going to work and what wasn't, maybe giving the president a little credit. But you could see, anybody could see on the face of the thing that tariffs against China are a bad idea. We're poised on the brink of a trade war with disastrous consequences for South Dakota. It's already taking hold. As he noted, soybean prices are already going down just on the possibility of the news of the trade war. We're already losing money in this deal. And I saw, I just saw before I came on the air, uh, a comment by uh, the president with regard to the farmers where he said something to the effect of, well, America's farmers are patriots. They'll, they, they'll understand. No, we don't. What does that mean? Are the steel workers patriots? They don't seem to understand because they're the people who swung the election for you, right? Well, these are the people out here who voted for you without question, apparently. The president's hand isn't nearly as strong as he thinks it is when it comes to trade with China. I applaud Senator Round's statements. I, I was happy to hear it. They were the right thing to say. It's far short of what is needed, and it's, it's a little too late. The president's not going to turn this around right now just because Senator Round says so, but 
if Rounds and Thune and Congresswoman Nome and Congressman King over in Iowa, which is not going to happen, and and our delegations in Minnesota and North Dakota, if you people all come to the table and say, stop this and stop it now because you're gutting our country right up the middle, that might have had an effect. You don't have to agree with everything the president says. That's not how it works. In fact, you shouldn't agree with everything he says. Yes, you are hanging on to a slim majority in Congress. Yes, you're worried about losing control of the Democrats. Yes, it's a very uh, tense time in Washington, I'm sure. I'm sure it's really tough out there. But it's time for our delegation to up the volume on their opposition to these anti-South Dakota trade policies. They are the ones that have the power. They are the ones in Congress We're just the little people out here who have everything to lose if they don't use it. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. Agree or disagree with me, you can always email me, patrick at kso.com. Always like to hear from you good people. Get on the old Twitter feed, at P. Lally Show, and send us a comment that way, or on the Facebook live feed, all of it. Man, we're here. We're here for you. We're here for you. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters. We got the common man. We're gonna, I think we're going to have him in for an extended stay on uh, Weird Friends today because he's got a lot. He's got a lot to talk about. You're going to want to stay close. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 335 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And uh, I was uh, fortunate enough to spend the afternoon yesterday with, uh, with our next guest for Weird Friends, the common man. We, we took in, I was going to say the back nine, but the second nine on Sunday ah, of the second. Masters. It was, quite the, it was quite the afternoon, was it not? Yes, some we were enjoying along with the other patrons, of course. Yes, and the hushed. All of your collected friends of Jim Nance. It was the hushed tones of the masters. Yes. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, though. Did you did you get home okay, though? It was... It oh, was, yeah. It was yeah. nasty. It was, it, was, it, was, it was icky and, and gross. And, but uh, that, was, that was pretty pretty exciting. But, you know, it, that was uh, such a contrast, you know, to sitting there spending three hours watching... Augusta National, mm-hmm. you know, with the azaleas and blossom and all, mm-hmm. and, then, <laughs> and then walking outside to that, I said, well, it's nice that we're living in Ice Station Zebra. <laughs> it's always interesting because uh, when you're when you're in the in the confines of 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 the uh, sports watching uh, uh, mecca where we were mm-hmm. with the, the nerve center, yep. the nerve center with the multiple screens and all the beautifulness of Augusta. You actually can sort of fool your mind into thinking that it's you're in a different place. Yes, that and, and the, the amount of beer we drink <laughs> helps to with the illusion. Yes, <laughs> the illusion is real. Oh Wait, yes, that's exactly it. But <laughs> you know, we shouldn't. We probably shouldn't be. Uh, you know, it's not bad out there now. We shouldn't be too. Uh, uh, you know, upset or disappointed in the weather because it could always be a lot worse, right? Well, well, yeah. I mean, I just saw that we had the five-year anniversary of the ice storm here just in the news here recently, and I was like, you know, that this this is unpleasant and it's not great, and I hate that it's snowing still, but that really stunk. 
Yes. Five years ago. <laughs> and, I, and I think about it more, and it was, so it, was, it was the best of times and the worst of times. You know, that, that was that kind of experience that you had, because I remember, you know, not having power for three days. Yeah. You know, that was kind of fun in 2013. Yeah. But, and then I remember, you know, the, the Excel Energy guys came up to us and they, and they said, hey, you know, you've got, uh, you know, in our older neighborhood, you've got the power pole where all the lines converge. And uh, did you want power? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that, I, that'd be nice. And they said, well, we're going to have to drive our truck back. So the big, heavy truck yeah. over the curb into the backyard. They worked on it, power up. But I still, to this day, when I mow my lawn, I trip over the ruts that yeah. those things left in my lawn. Yeah. So I go, that, that, that ice storm still bite me in the old behind <laughs> five years later. You know how you solve that? I know. You put some dirt in there. And I don't, I don't mow it. Don't mow it. Just oh, just don't <laughs> mow it. <laughs> Buy a condo. Yeah, that's what you do. That's, you do, uh, you live in the center of the city, so you have a power pole. Yes, we have, we have power lines. And it's uh, it, to the great consternation of my dog, because birds sit on them, and that's just unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, so that was a, you know, it's hard to believe it's been five years, but it really was amazing how much... Uh, all the trees just came down. Well, that was the exciting part. You know, it, it, it kind of took you back to a different age, be, you know, because that evening, those evenings, we would, you know, we played cards. Oh, no. You know, we played board games. You know, we would, I remember we, we complained, and also about the, the good parts of the community. You know, one time we was like, God, I'd kill for a hot cup of coffee, and a block and a half away, we had a neighbor who had power, so she brought over a great big hot pot of coffee for us. Oh, man. Yeah, we went around, you know, and you, and you checked on, on the older folks in the neighborhood, make sure everything was okay. And then the days afterwards, and as much as struggles like that are bad, and everybody hates them, and they're unfortunate, and everybody gets property damage and stuff like that, but it, it pulls neighborhoods together, because they were all out there. Anybody who had a chainsaw was was the one-eyed man in the land of the blind, <laughs> yeah. the most popular guy in the neighborhood. Because we all took turns just helping each other out, get the stuff to the the, the curb so the, the city guys could come by and take it away. And so just, you know, people you would never even, even talk to. You know, the neighbor that you wave at, what's his name? <laughs> God, I know he's got a name. Now, now you're out there, yeah. you know, you're busting up some brush with that guy, and it's, and it's a good thing. Oh, that's the ties a, that bind. Patrick. And then the next year we had the, uh, I can't even remember how long, moments later it was, we had the big tree replanting situation. Everybody replanted trees. It was good. <clears throat> and now it's everything's back to normal, so I suspect we'll get an ice storm probably what? <laughs> well, see, I, we left ours as is, and so it's kind of great. They've kind of grown up like a giant uh, oak. Um, what is, what's the name of the... Japanese bonsai trees, because uh, they're yes. all jagged and pointed <laughs> off in eight directions. <laughs> so we've got like 50-foot bonsai trees. That's that's what I'm, I'm going with. Yes. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, no sense in changing now. Just no, let it's, go. it's a really good look. But when you think about it, what's, you know, I said, you know, we've got to think of three good reasons why we live in South Dakota. Really? Yeah, I mean, three. You've got to come... Three strong reasons why you live in South Dakota. Well, you know what everybody says. They are, they right away they say, uh, family. Yep. Is that is that one? Got to throw got to throw family and job out. Oh, you can't use family and nope. job. That's those are givens. You know, you you you, you, you what's the, what's the saying? You plant where you, you grow where you're planted. Yeah. You know, so that's okay. how it works for most of us. No taxes. 
That's that's a that's a good one. Okay, no income tax. That's going to be my choice. <laughs> and, and then if you get to the point where it's you look at a photo, if you look at a photo of Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. or you look at a photo of Metro, you know, Met Center, mm-hmm. or someplace in right down downtown New York or Chicago somewhere, and you look at that picture, and you're one of two types of people. You look at that picture and you go, oh, that's awesome. I want to be there. Mm-hmm. Or you're a South Dakota and go, oh, my God, how, how quickly could I get the hell out of there? <laughs> that's right. Oh, you got to leave early because of the traffic. Oh, God. <laughs> you, you look at, like, the five on the West Coast. You look at the traffic and you go, yeah. no, never. Nope. I, no, they'll, that'll never happen to me. So traffic is one. That's so two. traffic. Traffic and, and, you know, that personal space, the ability to get from A to B without, you know, it becoming the, the baton death march, that's one of the things. I think the, the embrace, there's also the embrace and the peculiar, peculiarity of being unique. That's that quality. Mm-hmm. When you say to someone, at, like in my work, people from New York, and they say, where are you from? And you say, South Dakota. And they go, <gasps> like they could cross that off the list. <laughs> I met one. There's one. It's a Martian. (laughs) That's true. So it's, those are the three things, no income tax, traffic, and, uh, the, the distinct honor of being a South Dakotan. Well, and then what Harold Edward Nichols Jr. often said, keeps riffraff out. Yeah, that's right. Red, old Red Nichols (laughs) still lives on in, 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 uh, uh, comments every day. Uh, Hey, you know what? I need to, I need to carry you over because I want to ask you about the twins. All right? Sure. All right. Hold on a minute. I'll be, I just got to talk to these people for just a second. Uh, <laughs> we're going to come right back with the common man on Weird Friends after this a short break. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSO. Three forty six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And we get back on the bus with the common man for. You know, because just because we like to talk to the common man, say, uh, common man, we were talking about the masters earlier mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I didn't, I don't know much about, so this guy, Patrick Reed wins the masters yesterday. <laughs> and I, all I knew is that, you know, he had had this miraculous run during the Ryder cup when they, when the, you know, it's us against Europe and all that stuff. And you know, that he was a golfer of summer now. All right. This is much I knew. So the guy wins the Masters, and now you hear more about him. Oh, yeah. I, I did not know that he had been kicked off the University of Georgia golf team. Mm-hmm. He had been kicked off uh, the Augusta State University <laughs> golf team. Yep. He uh, doesn't talk to his family. No. And the and everybody in uh, uh, the, around Augusta there in Atlanta, they'll hate him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> So how much fun would that have been for him? Huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> I I didn't know where that was. And he, you know, he's kind of tubby, and yeah, he he's got that kind of rich yeah. kid kind of smirk to him. That you know, but isn't it, it? That's great for golf. Yeah, that's you know because for for every you know Jordan Speed and super good guy, mm-hmm. you know that's way he's swell. You know, you want your sister to date him, and that's that's just wonderful. Golly gee, Willikers, that ball oh, that tree great. on eighteen. Gosh darn it! Yeah, but then it's so great to have the mustache twirler, <laughs> just to have the real bad guy, you know, the, the sort of the evil presence. You know, he's going to tie someone to the train tracks. Yeah, it's, he's in. You know, it's always misunderstood, and, and sometimes people in the golf world, you know, normal people problems. 
like not getting along with your parents sometimes mm-hmm. and, and having your, your parents have trouble with your wife and, you know, maybe you made a couple mistakes while you're in college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Some of us can probably relate to that a little bit. Yeah. Most Instead people of that, you know, back from that. spawned from a seashell somewhere, <laughs> you're a regular guy who might have had a couple struggles in life. And he had a good weekend. Yeah, oh, he had a great weekend. I'd have, I'd have given you 10 bucks and said he was going to fold like a cheap suit, but he, he held it together. See, in the tradition of, of kind of jerkish people, mm-hmm. you know, he just pers- just made it through like a cockroach. You know, you're like, <laughs> you're like, you're like, every time you turn the lights on and go, well, he's not going to, he's going to miss that one. Oh, he put it right in the back of the cup. Yeah, and just like, or, you know, he was ran that chip by about, or it was oh. a putt, I think. It would have gone about 18 feet, and it hit the pin. It's the pin. Oh. Lucky, lucky guy. Anyway, that was fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, Masters is always a good time, even though, despite it's it's uh, less than, um, let's say, pure history, it's uh, always fun to watch. The dilly, dilly. dilly, dilly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's a good part of it, too. As much as it's jerkish for them to say, you can't say dilly, dilly, you yeah. can't say baba booey. Mm-hmm. God, it was nice to watch a golf tournament without those bozos screaming that on every hole. Yeah, I, I support that, actually, because <sighs> it's basically an ad for a beer anyway. Come ah, on, you're, right. ca- you're, being, you're being marketed, you're being manipulated. Come on. Yeah, and the, the folks at Anheuser-Busch are going, thank you. Thank you very much. That's, yeah. that's outstanding. In fact, make it more of a controversy. <laughs> Did you see the green hats where they had the um, the uh, embroidered Dilly Dilly no, on the hats? Yes. I did not. They wanted them to wear the hats to at the Masters. Oh, God. I hope they got paid for that. Probably not. They paid to get in. Nice. They had to pay for. They probably had to pay for the hat. Well, oh, they yeah. probably, <laughs> but they got a koozie. Yeah, they got a koozie and, and a beer. And a bottle opener. Hey, uh, before I let you go, uh, I got to ask you about the twins. So uh, we got rained out, snowed out, cold out yesterday. Um, so we're still early. It's early days. It's early mm. days. Uh, I have I have a, a couple concerns. Oh? Well, this this big lug they got, what's that guy's name? Logan the, Morrison? Yeah, he's not doing anything, is he? Enough, but he's kind of that old school, you know, big big slugger. He's going to swing and miss a lot, and then he's going to go a week and he's going to hit five home runs. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's it's that's just kind of the guy he is. But to me, what's the difference between him and Vargas? No, you know, nothing. Yeah, Kenny so, Vargas wasn't doing anything either. Yeah, Kenny would do that too. He would, you know, he'd go over twenty five, and then he'd hit three home runs, and you, go, oh, here he comes. Yeah. Uh, nope, back to over 25 again. <laughs> so th- not much different there, but good acid test coming up here in the next couple of games, Patrick, because they face off with the, the Houston Astros. So oh, that's yeah. going to be, that's going to be, you know, that's where the rubber hits the road. You'll see if that pitching staff is really what it's shown thus far or not. Can it hold up to those, that lineup that just never ends, just come, keeps coming and coming. So Yeah, it's going to be bad. The, the interesting thing <laughs> about uh, the pitching is that, like, uh, God, now I can, see, I don't even know all their names yet. But uh, the one dude, the one new dude, he had a great opener and then uh, came out and uh, gave up a bunch of runs in the first, but then got it together. You know, they're not, they, they aren't, when they do go bad, it's not complete collapse early on. You know what <laughs> yeah, I mean? Yeah. I mean, early, early reviews and Jake Odorizzi and Lance Lynn had a tough first outing, you know, but yeah. that's, but, you know, it's the stop and start nature of, of the of baseball the way it is now. If you had double headers, Dan, I know you're, you're back to thinking oh, historical reference double headers in baseball. <laughs> I mean, you could get the season done 
when it's warm out yep. and still warm out. But they don't want to do that. So when players are out there with their abominable snowman outfit yep. on, hey, you only got yourself to blame. It was the coldest uh, start of a baseball game in Minnesota history the other day. And that's, and that's saying, saying something. something. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. And it's almost not fun to watch when it's that bad. Well, I mean, come on. That's right. <laughs> The poor guys from, you know, the Latin American players are out there. They're just like, what in the hell is going on here? I like when they pull the thing completely up over their face (laughs) because you're just admitting, okay, I can't breathe. Okay. I can't breathe through this thing in any way. I'm just, I'm hoping to get lucky and get a hit and, you know, not have to run very far because that's just, come on, pull that. Yeah. When when your batter looks like the younger brother from, Christmas story. <laughs> it's just not a good look. Well, they're just lucky that they didn't have Bud Grant as manager. Oh, it, yeah. They right, Bud was out there in the shirt sleeves. Shirt sleeves. Yeah, then, you know, I have uh, I got the MLB package this year so I can watch games from warm places. Ooh. And, uh, it is amazing. You click over and it's like, oh, look at that. Anaheim. Oh, we have not talked. Just, we got like a, we got, well, we don't got any time. But sometimes we got to talk about this guy uh, who's uh, playing both ways. Otani, yeah. We, we watched him pitch a little bit yesterday, and that was awesome. He was awesome. He's amazing. Guy. He is the modern Babe Ruth, but at least for now. You yeah. know, to, to ever let everybody get a look at him, and then we'll see how he does second time around the league. But Call me in July. Yeah, call me when you've done something. Well, Common Man, thanks for the update. I appreciate it. Hang in out there. You see, bet, Patrick. See you next Talk week. Talk to you soon. Coming up after the news and weather with our man Dan Peters, we've got Phil Shrek coming in for the weather, actually. And then uh, Dr. Thomas Otten from Avera Behavior. We're going to talk about the new addiction center they're building. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. This is a public service announcement with Guitar! 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Hey, this Friday at the uh, Orpheum downtown, Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Society presents Tab Benoit. That's 8 o'clock Friday night. Big show down there at the Orpheum. I'm told JD from across the hall loves this guy. I've never seen him live, but sounds like a great show. Hey, uh, after the news with Mr. Dan Peters... It's the weather with Phil Shrek from KSFY Severe Weather Center and then Dr. Thomas Otten from Avera. It's all coming up. Information 1000 KSOO. 415. On the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we are joined in the studio and I'm very happy that uh, we were able to get this lined up because it's a major development in our community we have uh thomas otten in the studio with us today and uh that is because he is with avera behavioral health and behavioral health and avera is building a new just announced not so long ago a new addiction center but uh thomas otten thanks for being here today my pleasure thanks for having me so you are the assistant vice president for behavioral health at avera that's that's quite a title you tell us now you've been with Avera for how long? 
I've been there a little over 21 years in a variety of different roles. And uh, this most recent role, uh, I took over about uh, four months ago at, after Steve Lindquist retired. And uh, Steve now went down and took what I assume is a temporary posting yeah. at the Human Services Center he in Yankton. He's the uh, interim there. He That's had it. been the director at the Human Services Center on a couple of different stints. And so now you're doing his job up here. Um, and Steve, long uh, service to Avera. Yeah, so absolutely. We, much deserved retirement there. Um, so you came 21 years ago. Now you've been through a lot of growth in behavioral health. Uh, we'll be talking about the Addiction Center here in a minute. But that included, uh, of course, the building of the behavioral health hospital that is over here on the southwest part of town. Yeah, 12 years ago, actually this month, on April 5th of 2006, we built that uh, facility, 110-bed, world-class psychiatric facility. So yeah, it's been an incredible journey. So the recently announced building uh, service, it's not just a building, um, is, uh, tell us, it's an addiction center. What does that mean? Yeah, so it's going to be uh, the Avera Addiction Care Center. It will be a fantastic facility that really will help us kind of redesign how we do addiction care in this community. So you know, maybe I'd start with just talking a little bit about the values of the building, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. Um, so we've had a, uh, a group of business people in town here that, that make up an advisory group for us. They've sat down with us. Uh, and over the course of several hours, we kind of talked about what do we want the values of this building to be? So on the day we open, from the minute you drive up to the minute you leave treatment, uh, what are the things we want patients and families to feel? And the three things we really ended on, the first was respect. We wanted to have a sense of respect for patients and their families, that this is a disease that needs to be treated, not a character flaw that needs to be judged. And so that sense of respect is something we think is going to be really important to, to build in uh, in everything we do, not only from the building design, but all of the programming we do. Secondly, we wanted to have a sense of confidence. So really, from the moment I drive up, uh, I want to be confident that this is a place where I can uh, get a new beginning and I can kind of start over on this. And then really the last value statement we said that day um, was that we really want to have a sense of hope, that we know, um, you know that that whole process of getting treatment and starting over is an important component, and, and hope uh, will not disappoint us. We know that from the scriptures. So you, as you said, the Behavioral Health Hospital opened 12 years ago. Um, how quickly did how much of, of the addiction center is an offshoot or a development from or a real, realization of need from the work of the Behavioral Health Center? Yeah, good question. I'd say there's certainly there's a connection there. So we will be a world-class provider in the addiction care, and certainly that medical model where we'll have dual diagnosis. Patients who have behavioral health issues as well as chemical dependency issues will be at our facility. So one of the things that we do, uh, we do chemical dependency assessments now, both at the main campus of ERA as well as at our Behavioral Health Center. We do about 120 every month at Behavioral Health Center and about 80 at the main campus every single month. Of those 200 assessments that we do, about 22 or so each month need to be referred to this level of care, this residential level of care. And so, you know, we've obviously over the course of the last 12 years really realized that's been a growing business that we've kind of said we need to have an outlet where we can have these people uh, someplace to go in Sioux Falls. We don't really have that level of service in Sioux Falls currently. Is it partly because you said dual diagnosis, but you can't really start to treat somebody's uh, underlying behavioral health needs if you uh, are dealing with a 
crisis situation in terms of substance abuse? I mean, is that yeah? I mean, it's it's kind of the chicken and the egg conversation. You know, which one do you treat first, the mental health or the addiction piece? And different people will say different things. But what we would say is they really can be treated simultaneously. And we think uh, both at the uh, Avera Addiction Center, uh, it will certainly be something that we would focus on the addiction. But that behavioral health component would come along. At the behavioral health center, it's just the reverse of that. Certainly, we do provide some treatment for the addiction, but really our focus there is the behavioral health piece. And the building is going to, the addiction center is going to be exactly where? It's going to be on that uh, 69th and Louise uh, property that Avera has. It'll be on the northeast corner, kind of across from the fire station there, if you're familiar with where that's Mm -hmm. at. Uh, and it so this be- is down the street a little ways. We should probably, this is hard to do on radio, but we should do a spatial <laughs> here. Starting from the, starting from, uh, the, the furthest west is the Heart Hospital, which has been there now for 20 years-ish, something yep. like that. Yep. Uh, coming up 69th, then that's attached to the Behavioral Health Hospital. That's correct. Then uh, there is uh, uh, the next spot. It would be the new um yes construction that's uh, right on the corner of 69th and louise right yep and that is a there's orthopedic medicine in there and, yeah. and is there another there's a clinic there? and a hospital so there'll yeah. be a five-story uh, clinic and a three-story hospital that'll yeah. be right there on that campus and then there's a big grove of trees there yep. and then on the other side of the trees would be where this addiction care center okay would be. so avera now and there's a couple other small avera uh buildings or isn't the avera corporate headquarters out in that general yep, area general and there's area. some other little avera buildings so avera now has about from almost i-29 to on the other side of louise that's a lot of facilities out here um do they all is it going to help to have the addiction center so close to the behavioral health center so close to a medical yeah. clinic it's a huge benefit for sure to have all of those services there. So for a variety of reasons, one, just the internal medicine doctors that we'll have at the Avera Addiction Center will be, you know, housed right there next door. So it's very close shoot for them. They don't have to drive to another location. Having us close to Avera Behavioral Health, we're certainly some of the patients that we're going to receive. And there will be some uh, going back and forth potentially. So having those close together certainly has value for us as well. And I, and I want to get back to um, the, the broader mission in a minute, probably after the news here at the bottom of the hour. So I'm just sort of walking through these particulars, yeah. but don't think we're not getting back to the, to the big issues. Yeah. Um, uh, and that's for the listeners more than you, Thomas. <laughs> uh, so the, the building then is, is not included in this whole, the big ticket of the new uh, hospital and uh, uh, clinic and everything that's on the corner of 69th and Louise. That's like a hundred bazillion dollar project, right? Yeah. It's like 135 million or yeah. something of this nature. How much is that? What, what, tell us about this building. How big is it? And, and what are the particulars of that? One? Yeah. So it's, it's going to be designed as two buildings. So we'll have, each of them will be about 10,000 square feet. One will be the residential where all of the patients would sleep. There'll be 32 private rooms, which is very unique in the CD world. Typically they'd be uh, two and three and four roommates per room, but we're going to do private rooms. The other building will be really a treatment room. So there would be uh, groups and therapies, individual counseling, uh, the dining hall. All of those pieces would be uh, in that other building. The whole project is going to cost about $8 million. Uh, we have raised about $1 million of philanthropy before we start. So we got about $7 million of capital that Avera will be putting into it. Uh, and in the world of, of uh, medical buildings, not a huge number. No. But a significant amount of investment when it comes to 
addiction or mental health. Yeah, absolutely. You just don't see that that often. Yeah, very rare. You know, in fact, when we built uh, the Behavioral Health Center in 2006, it was the newest facility this side of the Mississippi. There hadn't been one built in 10 years. So it is rare that systems pour money into addiction and behavioral health. Uh, and I would say I'm extremely lucky to work for a system that really understands behavioral health and really uh, provides it the due it deserves. You said uh, you sat down with your advisory board. How long has this process been from, you know, we need to look at maybe doing this to we're going to do it yeah. and, and let's move ahead? So we've been looking at this process probably for several years. Uh, I would say three or four years we've been looking at doing something like this. We've been meeting with the advisory board for about a year uh, and that's made up of a variety of community leaders. Uh, several of them are philanthropists to this project. Uh, several of them are not, uh, but just have an interest in this area. Um, on February 14th was the actual day that the uh, Avera board voted, and the sisters afterwards uh, confirmed that vote to build the addiction care center. In the grand scheme of things, that's a pretty fast timeline. Yeah. Yeah, in, in in a big uh, agency like Avera, that's a pretty fast timeline. You've got uh, you've got your uh, uh, managers and bureaucrats. You've got the sisters <laughs> on the backs. Everything's got to get the the, the uh, uh, okay of the sisters at the end. So you got everything uh, ready to go, right? Absolutely. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with uh, Thomas Otten. He is assistant vice president for behavioral health at Avera, and uh, we'll talk more about addiction and mental health and uh, the role it plays in society and what society's role is in helping out. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 433 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Thomas Otten, who, of course, is the Assistant Vice President for Behavioral Health at Avera Behavioral. And uh, we're talking about the uh, recently announced uh, addiction center that will be built by Avera. Um, and did, what, what's the timeline for this, Thomas? Yeah, it's uh, we're hoping to put the first shovel in the ground in this fall, probably in August or September. It'll take about a year to build from there. So fall of 2019, we should be able to be open. And how fast do you think it'll fill up? It's a great question. Uh, our anticipation on uh, the very first month, we think we're going to run a census of around 20, and it will ramp up from there. We think, um, you know, it could be conservatively. We think that we might, you know, grow three, four people every year. So average daily census of uh, 20 the first year, 24 the second year, 28 the third year. Mm -hmm. um, time will tell. We, we certainly know that there is a big need there, and if we need to build another facility or if we need to add on, um, we could look at both of those options. One of the things we've really talked about, though, we do want to keep it relatively small. We don't want to have a giant facility because it comes becomes kind of institutional. So if right. we really need to have a bunch more beds, we might do a, a similar facility on the east side of Sioux Falls. Right. So um, who is the who, who's the typical patient here? Yeah. So it will be adults uh, in this uh, original plan. We have just adults. It's 32 beds. Um, it'll be both males and females. Uh, probably the two primary addictions that we will see will be alcohol uh, and opioids. You know, you've, you've heard a lot about the opioid crisis, I'm sure. Um, certainly that is uh, a piece of what we see in Sioux Falls, probably not as much as, as on either of the coasts, but we see a lot of that. And uh, a lot of addiction to uh, chemical dependency and uh, alcohol is probably still the kind of number one thing. 
The other thing we'll have as far as kind of who the patient population will be, it will be pre-arranged, pre-screened uh, patients that are all here voluntarily. So all people who want to get help, uh, we'll go through a process to figure out kind of what level of care they need. And if they really fall at that highest level, residential care, that's the people that would come to this. And we'd set up a, an admission for the next day or two days, depending on kind of as available beds uh, become open. So it will not be a drop-off center. It would not be um, you know, some place where police would be at all hours uh, of the night. It really is kind of prearranged, pre-screened, and they're all voluntary patients. Uh, it's not detox. It's, it is not detox. Uh, there's that's a different role entirely. How long will people generally stay? Yeah, the average length of stay is is probably going to be near that 28 days. Uh, there will be a few that might decide, you know, three four days in, this is not for me, and they'll ask to leave, and we will coordinate with their loved ones to pick them up and and certainly help that to happen. So there, you know, if you looked at the average length of stay, what we built into the business plan was about 22 days, but most patients will probably be about 28. It's just that some will be uh, shorter than that. Is uh, funding, I mean, if, a, if somebody comes in, is this something you can get Medicaid funding for or insurance plans or, uh, you know, how does that work or is a lot of it out of pocket? Yeah, uh, uh, most of it will be insurance plans. So uh, the insurances uh, with Parity now do have to cover this. If you have an insurance plan, you do have to cover. And that's federal addictions. law. Yes. Yep. Okay. And so uh, we will have most of the funding would probably come through um, the uh, third party payers of insurances. The state does have uh, certain dollars, but they do not have, we would not be seeking um, state general funds to help with this program. Uh, they use those dollars in other programs. But they do, uh, it could involve Medicaid and... Uh, potentially could. Um, actually, uh, starting July 1st, there was just a new law that d just went through our South Dakota legislature that said uh, Medicaid can be received for those who have chemical dependency issues. So okay. it used to be just pregnant women and children. Uh, it was added uh, as of July 1st. So there might be some possibility of that. So one of the things that's interesting about this is it, it's a partnership that Avera has with the Hazelden Betty Ford uh, Center. Um, what does that mean, and, and, and how does that work? Yeah, Hazelden is a, is a great partner of ours. We've been working with them for a number of years, and they created what they call uh, the Patient Care Network. And actually, Avera was the first member of that Patient Care Network. There's probably about 20 different members now throughout the country. But really, the design of that is is we uh, collaborate with each other. We share best practices. We have learned a ton of things from Hazelden already. Uh, our medical director and myself went down there. Uh, along with our chemical dependency manager, and toured there for a few days. We have kind of learned how they do operations. We've got some different ideas from them. We're doing some things similar to them. We have some other specialties and areas, especially as in uh, behavioral health, that will probably be a strength of ours that we can share some of our best practices with them. Is it common, by the way, for uh, uh, treatment centers to be uh, associated with behavioral health? Or is this unusual that you have those two things linked together? Yeah, I would say it's it's not um, it's not extremely common, especially not in our area. Throughout the country, if you look, there are some other areas where a behavioral health center will open an addiction care center. They're not uh, totally um, divergent from each other. So uh, I think in our area that there isn't anybody that would have it kind of in the the level that Avera does. So this we're very excited for that opportunity to and do both. And how big is the need for residential? You talked a little bit about that earlier, but there aren't, when I think of uh, off the top of my head, and I don't know everything about addiction, res residential addiction treatment, but uh, Keystone, right? Is that residential? Yeah. And uh, t Tall? 
Uh, tall, tall grass, grass would be yes. a, a residential program, a little different in that they are not a medical model at all. They're very steeped in the 12-step program, so they would have no um, chemical dependency counselors, no physicians, no providers. They're, they're very much a 12-step program. But it's residential. But so it is got a residential Those program. two, uh, what else is, what am I leaving out of there? Uh, in our area, that really would be kind of the, the primary ones. Yeah. So there's there's not a lot of, it's not like the need is anywhere near filled and you're taking money out of somebody else's pocket. Right. Here. Right. Um, uh, the, we've always thought of addiction treatment, whether it's through a 12 step tr- program or, um, you know, obviously, uh, uh, the, uh, now I can't even remember their name. They're next door to us here at KSO radio, um, that, that grew out of, of, uh, it's non-residential face it, face it. Thank you. Face it, Sioux Falls, and face it, South Dakota, and everything they've done. Very much non-residential. How does how do you know as a loved one that maybe my husband, wife, brother, sister, dad, mom, whatever needs to get residential treatment versus some uh, outpatient treatment service, whatever that may be? Yeah, that is all. Uh, so there is the addiction uh, medicine uh, ASAM criteria that lays that all out. And based on kind of where you're at, they'll say uh, what level of care you need. It might be outpatient. It might be intensive outpatient. It could be day hospital or it could be you know, residential if it's at kind of the very top. So based on kind of what you're going through and what your particulars are, that's that's where we talk about that pre-screened, pre-arranged. So we would do all that chemical dependency assessment up front, and then based on that assessment, we'll try to plug you into the right level of care. So we have intensive outpatient program uh, for chemical dependency. We've had that for over 20 years uh, at 33rd and Cliff there, uh, just up the street from Lincoln High School. So we've had that service uh, for many years. And if that's the service that they need is intensive outpatient, we'd plug them into that program. Uh, if they need this higher level of care of residential, we've just mm-hmm. never had it uh, in Sioux Falls uh, previously. We've worked with uh, Avera Worthmore, um, which is in Aberdeen, and we've certainly worked with, with the Institute, Carroll Institute, Keystone that you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. as well as Face It when that might be appropriate. Um, we're going to come right back and, and talk more about uh, the broader issues of uh, addiction treatment here in a minute. But if people want to get a hold of you and they have questions right now, how do they do that? Yeah. Uh, calling my office would be uh, perfect at 605-322-4336. Say it again. 605-322-4336. And there's online resu- resources, I imagine. Absolutely. And where do I go for those? Uh, avera.org and, and from there you can uh, there's a behavioral health web page got it um, we're going to come right back and continue our conversation with thomas otten here on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo 446 on the patrick lally show information 1000 ksoo and we continue our conversation with Dr. Thomas Otten. He is the assistant. I called you doctor. Yeah, I knew it was going to happen. <laughs> you know, I've known Thomas for quite a while, and I've always had it in my brain, probably because when I see you, there's a lot of doctors around. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, I slipped. Uh, Thomas Otten, he is assistant vice president for behavioral health at Vera. Not that you don't have a big job, Thomas. Um, the How did you end up in as the... Uh, assistant, what was your, you, you talked a little bit earlier about how you've been there 21 years, but you, how did you come to be working yeah. in this field? 
Uh, so I, at Avera, I started as an assessment counselor back in 1997, and I was hired in a temporary job, actually, a six-month temporary to work nights and uh, evenings, so a week of evenings and a week of nights. After six months, they decided I was uh, it would, could keep my job and it would turn into a permanent job. I was an assessment counselor for a few years, then I became an outpatient therapist for a couple of years, and I became the manager of child and adolescent services for Avera. Uh, for about five years, and then I was the director of inpatient services for about 10 years, and now the assistant vice president just the last few months. And where are you from? Uh, born and raised in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Yeah, where'd you go to school? Uh, I went to undergraduate work at Oklahoma Wesleyan University in uh, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, and graduate work uh, at the University of South Dakota. And high school? Come on now. Gotta, we're drilling high down. School, yeah, yeah. There you go. What year? Still know that warrior fight song. <laughs> 1986. Oh, there you go. Now the, all the truth is out about Thomas Otten. Um, well, it's a, it's a very interesting climb to the position you're at now, which has a lot of responsibility. We've been talking about a, the addiction center that Avera is opening within the next year or so over here uh, near all their other operations in the southwest part of town. Um, it, in the conversation about crime in the community, and I don't want to make this, this is not a conversation about crime, but in that conversation, we always end up talking about how the, we don't have a crime problem, we have a drug problem. And I would say we also have an alcohol problem because a lot of what we deal with in the local level in terms of crime is driven by or is related to alcohol, but also other abuse and addiction issues. When that conversation starts going, everybody who is involved in the public sector says, we need to do a better job of treating people. Immediately, Avera comes up because you have the uh, a behavioral health center and, and everything else. And I'm going to say this. You don't have to agree with it. If there's silence, we'll just let that go. Everybody turns to Avera to solve all the problems when it comes to behavioral health or anything they don't want to deal with, including the state of South Dakota. How big is the need versus what you can do? Yeah, really good question. And I would say uh, Avera feels passionately that this is in our wheelhouse. This is a great fit for our mission. So uh, while that's true, I think um, we depend on Avera to do a lot of those things. I think Avera uh, feels like this is a really good fit. In fact, the sisters will tell you without behavioral health, the mission of Avera is not complete. So I think it is really something we pride ourselves on as being a regional leader in this area. So to get to your question, how big is this problem? Uh, 10% of people at a very conservative estimate will have an addiction problem at some point in their life. So you do the math on you know a city of our size with 10% uh, eventually having an addiction of some type, it really becomes a, a very significant issue. And, and this isn't a disease that hits... Uh, at a very young age. So different than some diseases that, that strike you when you're old, it will generally hit you very young and it will have a devastating effect, not only on the patient themselves, but their entire family. So moms and dads um, and, and kids are all devastated uh, and torn apart by addiction. So it's a disease that really uh, doesn't know socioeconomic status. So it can hit the very rich and it can hit the very poor. Uh, so I think it's it's really something that, as you said, uh, the better we can do uh, in treatment, and I think this new facility is going to be an important component of that treatment. Uh, I, I think the better off our community be, will be. Now, is it going? Is this new facility of 32 beds going to solve the whole problem? I don't think that would be a realistic expectation, but I think it's going to make a very significant dent in making it better for our community. In the broader sense of um, including behavioral health 
and uh, and the addiction center um and i i don't mean this as this is going to sound like i'm uh criticizing the governor okay but it's not as a state it doesn't seem to me that we have adequately assessed and admitted the degree to which we have a responsibility to take care of people with mental illnesses and addictions. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, our current administration is certainly identifying that there are significant needs in the behavioral health world. And in fact, uh, we partner with with the state on a variety of different issues. Um, you know, as I, as I mentioned, Steve Lindquist is the interim director down at HSC right now. He and I are on the phone probably two or three times a week uh, talking about issues of how we can partner and do things differently. In fact, over the last couple of months, we've done a couple of different things kind of uniquely to try to... But to that point, I don't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. to that point, yeah. I would call it the highly underfunded and underappreciated human services center. And that's exactly it. Steve Linquist is down there doing the Lord's work. You're up here doing the Lord's work. Meanwhile, the state has been trying to reduce the population at Human Services Center, not by helping people, but by eliminating programs, not paying workers so that they're highly understaffed, creating a dangerous situation that's not good for anybody. So you guys are down there in the trenches doing the work. And I know Dennis Dugard has that in his heart because he worked in the, in the nonprofit sector yeah. helping out little kids. I think it's a societal thing in our state where we don't want to admit that we have a problem, which maybe is just a stigma and maybe we're not alone. Yeah. But that's seems to me that we aren't going to be able to do anything until we admit that yeah. as a state, as a people. Yeah. And I would say, uh, there's definitely some truth that, that we have a significant problem in our state and there are things that we could do better. Now I will say, um, you know, from the state perspective, as far as per capita state beds per capita, uh, South Dakota was is in the top five. Now, it used to be in the top one or two. Now, just as you mentioned, we've closed several programs, so it's probably no longer uh, one of the top couple, but still much more accessible to get into our human services center than it would be in Iowa or Minnesota. You're talking months wait if you're in either of those facilities. In fact, Minnesota will have patients in their EDs for weeks at a time because they can't get them into a state facility and they, they have very limited resources. As well, far in as fact, your, the behavioral health has people from around the region. Absolutely. Yeah, we, you could probably go six hours in any direction and we're going to have people from, from all of those. So, yeah, I, I think our state has lots of things to get better at. Uh, I, I definitely agree that there are things that we need to say, okay, here we got a problem and how are we going to fix it? But it, it's a very complex problem. Thomas Otten, he is the vice president for, assistant vice president for behavioral health at Avera. You're going to have to come back because I, I got a bunch more questions. <laughs> I would love to do that. Thank you very much for coming in today, sir. My pleasure. We're going to come back and finish up here in just a second. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 458 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Hey, everybody, coming up on Thursday, this Thursday, April 12th, the Ronald McDonald House Kentucky Derby Raffle, 5 p.m. at the Minnehaha Country Club. That's over there on West 22nd Street. Kentucky Derby attire encouraged. Enjoy mint juleps, Kentucky bourbon, wine tasting, and more. 
There's a drawing for a day trip to the 2018 Kentucky Derby. takes place at 7 p.m. If you want to get in on that, call Jessica at 605-336-6398, extension 5. Get a hold of Ronald McDonald House. Great cause. Coming up on the show tomorrow, Jonathan Ellis is going to be back with us from Argus Leader Media. It's been a while since we talked to Jonathan, and that'll be fun. Corey Heidelberger of the Dakota Free Press blog will be with us. Talk about politics, local and state. It's going to be a good time. You're going to want to stick with us. That's all tomorrow, all on tomorrow on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO.